You know, Von Palmer from the Vancouver Sun comes on the show every morning. He talks on the radio. And then afterwards, it sounds like the phone calls start to him because that's what happened yesterday. Vaughn is with us this morning. Hi, Vaughn. Yeah, good morning, Simi. So, okay, you <laughs> talked about housing yesterday, and then what happened? Well, what we t- one of the things we talked about yesterday was that the provincial government had provided, the premier's office actually, had provided the press gallery reporters with a report on how some municipalities in Metro Vancouver were falling short of their housing targets. So the government's bringing in legislation that will allow it to impose housing targets on municipalities. We asked them, you know, what are the good ones? What are the bad ones? They named the good ones, you know, Victoria, Kamloops, but they didn't name publicly the bad ones. They just gave us a report and let us draw our own conclusions. Well, Two of the municipalities that, according to the report the government gave us, were falling well short of housing targets were Burnaby and Port Coquitlam. Coquitlam was another one. Um, let's see. The first person I heard from after I got off the air was Brad West, the mayor of Port Coquitlam. Thank you for listening, Mayor West. Uh, he said this is completely unfair and erroneous. Uh, that report uh, just doesn't have the real picture. And he also said that the son should talk to Mayor Hurley of Burnaby if he wanted to hear somebody who was really upset about this, uh, because Burnaby, you know, not is not just a, a, a municipality that has long supported the New Democrats and elected New Democrats, but uh, Burnaby's view is that it's the government that's at fault, not the municipality over housing not being approved. This is so interesting, Vaughn. It just goes to show how much work there is to do on yeah. this if we can't even agree on where the problem lies. Yeah. You know, and first of all, it's a new government. It's a new staffing in the premier's office. So they thought uh, they'd, they'd help the coverage along by giving us this report. And the report was put together by the Home Builders Association. And it does seem to have gotten things wrong or at least treated the municipalities unfairly. So... Here's what, let me give you two examples, because Mayor Hurley of Burnaby says that, uh, you know, the provincial government's been throwing municipalities under the bus for too long. So he says there are 1,200 units of housing in Burnaby that have been green-lighted by Burnaby, and the holdup is getting provincial financial assistance from BC Housing, because these, Simi, are social housing projects. So... Government loves to talk about partnerships. Premier David Eby says we need partners. Well, Hurley is saying we're sitting there waiting for you to be our partner. We've got 1,200 units of housing ready to go. Uh, Brad West, the mayor of Port Coquitlam, says, look, they've got a 300-unit housing project in Poco that they wanted to go ahead with because interest rates were climbing every month, and they couldn't get an environmental permit out of the provincial government. So the mayors are pointing out, yeah, okay, we can all give examples of municipalities that turned down projects because of parking lots and shadows and didn't want growth. There's lots of municipalities out there, Simi, that are lining up waiting to be partners, and the provincial government is going to have to expedite its approval processes and its willingness to help because the mayors that are determined to get going are saying, Victoria is the problem, and they don't mean the city of Victoria. They mean the provincial government. So, okay, if that's the case, then we know there have been issues at BC Housing. Yeah. 
Okay, so that was the second thing that happened yesterday. We got... So BC Housing, David Eby, back when he was housing minister, back at the end of June, stepped in and replaced the board at BC Housing. And he sent in experienced public servants and an accountant, which is always a clue that there's a problem. And then a couple of days later, like on the Canada Day long weekend, uh, you replaced the board at 7 o'clock on a Friday night, kind of not to draw too much attention to it. And then over the weekend, he released an Ernst & Young report which showed serious financial problems at BC Housing. So credit to EB for dealing with it, maybe a bit sneaky about how he broke the news, but did the right thing. Yesterday in the legislature, the Liberals got their hands on another report about BC Housing that detailed a lot of financial problems, uh, grants to one organization going back, actually going back to the liberal time in office, although this report was done under the New Democrats, covered their time in office as well. Uh, That report was never released publicly until it got leaked to the liberals. And again, the liberals are saying, look, there's big problems at BC Housing. It's shoveling hundreds of millions of dollars out the door. There are inadequate controls, that's what the reports show, and we need a full-blown independent audit of BC Housing. Okay, and then also housing was the topic yesterday, right? Premier Eby was talking at the BC Federation of Labour? Yeah, he gave two speeches yesterday, actually, and thanks to the Premier's office for letting us know that he was speaking, since John Horgan's office got out of the habit of telling the press gallery where the Premier was going to be. So uh, E.B. spoke to the B.C. Federation of Labor. He also spoke to the Nonprofit Housing Association. And at the Nonprofit Housing Association, he announced that British Columbia is going to have a standalone housing ministry, which makes sense. Uh, Housing has been handled sort of off the side of the desk by cabinet ministers who were, you know, had other responsibilities as well. And that goes back to the liberal time. E.B. himself was attorney general and housing minister. Selena Robinson was housing minister, municipal affairs. So I think it makes complete sense to have a standalone housing minister. Uh, We won't know who it is until December the 7th, because that's when E.B. appoints his new cabinet. It means there's another vacancy at the cabinet table. Good news for backbenchers. Although, Simi, on this one, I think he will want to appoint an experienced cabinet minister who is also a diplomat, since there's going to have to be some fence mending with local government. They might want to start with the mayor of Burnaby. It sounds like it. Um, What is taking so long with announcing the cabinet? Uh, the EB said, uh, told the press gallery at, a, at an impromptu lunch he had last week, that he's talking to all members of the government backbench and, and cabinet ministers, 56 of them, about their future. He says it's taking a while. Uh, he said, big surprise, they all want to be in cabinet. And he's got to come up with the balancing act. So there's two or three considerations. The first is New Democrats very proudly have a gender-balanced cabinet. They're not going to give up on that. Uh, Second of all, I think he has to decide about which ministries are the big priorities and how well the ministers are doing. So I don't think Murray Rankin stays as either housing minister or attorney general, since I don't think he's been doing very well in either job. I expect he goes back to being minister of Aboriginal relations, where he's been fine. Uh, So you're going to get a new AG, you're going to get a new housing minister. Um, You may as well get a few backbenchers uh, promoted to cabinet, so you could have a bigger cabinet for a while. And 
I don't. He, he's got some ministers that are probably planning to not run again in the next provincial election. But for now, Eby's saying that election is still two years away. So I don't think you want to put the pending retirees into the backbench to sort of grumble for the next two years, particularly when you can make good use of the ones that are experienced. So I think you'll probably won't see a retirement uh, retirement announcements. I think what you'll see is a an expanded cabinet with some backbenchers going to the front ranks. And needless to say, in every backbencher's mind, they are entitled to one of those vacancies. <laughs> I'll bet, yes. They probably all think that. Okay, so housing has been the focus the last couple of days. I'm sure we expect more in these 100 days of action he's talked about. So what's next? When health care? Uh, well, yes. Uh, so the premier said uh, that his initial plan on health care was to do something about uh, foreign credentialed doctors, nurses and others, dentists, who can't practice here in British Columbia. Now, it isn't clear what he can do about that, Simi, since it's partly a federal government and a regulatory problem, but that's what he's going to get going on. However, I think there are more urgent matters. Look at what's going on in Children's Hospital, right? Okay, that's what I was thinking, yeah. Like last week, Adrian Dix and Dr. Bonnie Henry told us, oh, there's no big problem with surgeries being canceled at Children's Hospital. Well, there... Even then, people were saying, yes, it is a problem. There are cancellations. And now they've admitted there are cancellations. So... 12-hour waiting list at Children's Hospital. Like I, one of the doctors there uh, spoke to the media, uh, and it was a, he's a, um, a heart surgeon for for children, right? He says there's no elective surgery for heart surgery for children. It's all critically important. It all has to be done preferably as quickly as possible and as soon as possible. And that's the kind of surgery that's now being canceled. So this is a serious, serious crisis, Simi. It's getting worse. And the premier needs to turn his attention to it forthwith and straight away. That's exactly what I was thinking too, Vaughn. Thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.